compelling conversations with colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson, and I'm the Associate Director of the Division. Today we have with us Chuck Sturtz. Chuck is a prosecutor in Appleton, Wisconsin. Welcome, Chuck. Thank you. Glad to be here. Chuck, we all know what prosecutors do, but tell us what section you're in and the types of cases that you handle. Thank you. I'm a state prosecutor or assistant district attorney. My county is actually pretty small. We're just under 200,000, so we don't have sections. Uh, so I do a general caseload, but for the most part, she has me doing property crimes, burglaries, thefts, credit card fraud, that kind of stuff. And how many attorneys do you have in your office? We have 11 attorneys, included the elected DA. What's your caseload like? I have around 400 open cases right now. Um, wow, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, some of those are cases that are on warrant or deferred prosecution agreements, but probably 300 of those are actually active. Okay. And explain to us what you just said. So warrant status, obviously, they didn't show up to court, and so the, a warrant was issued. Approximately 100 different cases, the person just disappeared. You know, they moved to Montana or something, we can't find them. Um, then deferred prosecution agreements, we have a system where we basically stop the proceedings. It's, it's uh stop right where it's at, and we wait and see if they can do the stuff we ask them to do, get a drug assessment and drug treatment, pay restitution, whatever we ask them to do, and if they complete our conditions, then we'll dismiss the case. And so we call that deferred prosecution because we're not we're deferring our right to prosecute. We're waiting to prosecute to see if they finish that stuff. Right, right. Okay. On average, about how many days are you in court every week? I go to court every day. I'd say somewhere I would average around four hours of my eight-hour day is actually in court. And what kind of support do you have to prove your case? We have, well, the way we do it, our police officers do all the research up front, all the investigation, and they send us what's supposed to be a complete case. Um, but what we do when we get that case, if we need more research or more investigation, we can call that department and have them interview new people, uh, subpoena any sort of records, phone records, whatever else. We also have two investigators in our office that the 11 attorneys share, and I have one victim witness staff person who shared with four attorneys who make sure our witnesses know when to show up and what they have to do when they get here. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then we, I have one secretary I share with another attorney. What are your top three pointers for preparing for trial? Give us your wisdom in a few choice nuggets. My first is know the elements. You have to focus everything around the elements of the crime. Every crime has certain things you have to prove elements. You have to prove parts of it. And I always say that you need to focus everything on that. My second pointer is to Focus on your case, not your defendant's case. So don't get caught up on what they're trying to do to poke holes in your case, but rather make sure you're focusing on proving what you need to prove and what your strong points are. Mm -hmm. And then my last is just talk to everybody. Make sure you talk to every witness that's willing to talk to you. You know, No one has to talk to DAs, but any witness who's willing to come in and meet with you, talk to them, make sure they understand exactly what you're going to ask and how and try to explain to them their role in proving 
the case if they're friendly uh, witnesses. If they're not friendly, just make sure you know what they're going to say and try to figure out a way to make sure that they show up. Do you have uh, any special way that you organize your cases? I do the multi-folder system. So I get uh, however many boxes I need to get enough folders, but I have one folder for each witness that has in there the the police reports that go to their, the parts of the police reports that go to their testimony, um, any exhibits I plan to use with them. Um, if there's multiple people I want to use the same exhibit for, I'll have separate copies of the exhibit for each folder, one for each folder. Mm-hmm. That way when I call that witness, I just pull that file up for that witness and I'm not shuffling through papers trying to figure out where I put something. Now, how did you initially obtain your position? I did an internship in law school uh, here in Wisconsin. We're allowed to practice as interns um, if we're practicing for a DA's office or for a public defender's office. And so there's a clinical type program through the University of Wisconsin that placed me here and out of Gamey. Um, And so I did my internship through that, uh, tried two cases even. And then once I went back to school, right before graduation, they had a half-time opening. And so I was here two and a half days a week um, working here. And then I drove two hours to Madison twice a week to work at a law firm there. And and then that eventually morphed into a full-time position? Correct. Somebody retired and I was able to move into a full-time position. And then a couple more people left and I got a permanent position. Perfect. And how long have you been with the office now? Uh, it'd be eight years on May 13th. Okay. Now, what is the best thing about your job? Best thing about my job is probably that I get to wrap myself in the flag, for lack of a better term. I come to work, and my job is to do whatever I can to help the community and figure out what is going to be the best way to protect the community in the long term. You know, it's not about getting the longest jail sentence or getting um, the highest classification of a crime. It's doing whatever I can to make sure that that defendant's not going to harm someone else. So whether that's getting him into drug treatment, getting him into health treatment, uh, giving him a fine, whatever it is, all the way up to a prison sentence if that's absolutely necessary. Aside from criminal law and criminal procedure, are there any law school classes or activities that you would recommend to law students who are interested in prosecuting? Evidence is the top one. Um, you got to know the rules of evidence. Uh, it's what we do. Almost 90% of our job is arguing about evidence. After that, it would be clinicals. Um, law school professors are great. They teach you the case law from, you know, whenever the case book was written. Uh, but getting in there and actually doing the the work of being a lawyer is the only way you're going to really learn how to be a lawyer. So if you're if your law school offers clinicals, I would get involved with them as soon as you can. Chuck, tell us something no one knows about you. Something no one knows about me. Um, the very few people know that my worst grade in law school was in a criminal law class. <laughs> but uh, other than that, that's ironic. But it's ironic. Um, I guess I <laughs> I was the most valuable team member on my cheerleading team in high school. Ah, you were a cheerleader in high school. I was. Very, they very like to call us. Stuntman, but yes, yes. A cheerleader. You're you're doing a lot of holds and catches. Yes. Um, what is the best piece of career advice you ever received? 
That is a good question. I think it's probably um, just, just to ask. You can't be told no unless you ask. So file the motion, uh, ask about the assignment. Um, just take a chance. Uh, it, the worst that can happen is you can say no. Um, that's probably the best advice I got. Um, I think that's probably the best answer I can give you. What is one decision that you made that changed the course of your career? Volunteering to write an article for uh, a newsletter for the Young Lawyers Division. Um, I had the opportunity to, they asked me to write an article about prosecutor pay and why assistant district attorneys deserve pay raises. And by doing that, I got involved in the Young Lawyers Division of the State Bar which then eventually I ran for a seat on the board, and they then I ran to go to the ABA. I was on council for the Young Lawyers Division of the ABA and just rolled from there. I got more uh, committees, more section leadership posts, and it led me to uh, really enjoying different aspects of being a lawyer that I wouldn't have been able to do if I was just an ADA. You know, I never would have been involved in some of the policy aspects that I am now. I'm an on a council called Judicial Council that we are rewriting the state's procedures, uh, criminal procedure law, civil procedure, evidence rules. And there's no way a uh, guy out of law school for eight years would be on that without the connections I made through the American Bar Association and the State Bar Association. Excellent. Well, thank you, Chuck, for your time today. And thank you to all our listeners out there. If you'd like more information about the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, visit www.governmentlawyer.org.